0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Freedom Talks. Uh, today, we have a pleasure of introducing Wes Kokot. He is a new therapist at Freedom Physical Therapy. Wes is, graduated from Concordia in 2007 with a doctorate of physical therapy. He's received the orthopedic certified specialist and sports certified specialist through the American Board of Physical Therapy Specialties. Wesley also has certifications through the North American Institute of Orthopedic Manual Therapy. He completed four years of coursework and examinations to acquire the certified manual uh, physical therapist and certified orthopedic uh, manipulative therapist. Wesley, directly trained under the founder of NAIOMT, Earl Petman. All of that to say, uh, Wes is extremely good at treating um, orthopedic conditions and specifically uh, those that are athletes and um, today we're going to talk a little bit specifically about baseball um, and some pitching assessments that Wes has done, uh, and we're really excited to dive into uh, some baseball therapy and um, how all of that comes together for you. So, Wes, how are you doing today?
1: Very good, Brady.
0: All right, so when I asked you what you wanted to talk about today, you uh, immediately were able to send over... (laughs) very specific email which is awesome because uh, a lot of times we find that uh, the more specific the topic uh, the better uh, and we can actually have a pretty good discussion about um, all of those things that you want to talk about and so today we're going to talk about uh, injury prevention, an injury prevention assessment uh, that you compiled for pitchers. Um, so could you kind of give us an introduction to kind of um, how you started to do that and what was the process and what were the results and all that thing to kind of start off uh, the conversation.
1: Yeah. So I, I've always been uh, interested in baseball for a long time. I've, uh, you know, I, I've always, I, I played in high school, of course, and um, I got um, the pleasure to uh, my, my baseball kid coach in high school was Greg Brock. He was a brewer first baseman and so I was able to really get i would really get into the world of baseball a lot um, i I was a pitcher in um high school, and you know, I really you know really tried to do whatever I could to you know get better at my craft, but obviously you know I was too small to even think about even pursuing anything so um so when i when I got into physical therapy school um you know, I, I really wanted to do more sports medicine, um, and and so I did do my outpatient. I did my orthopedic certification, and and I did get a lot of referrals for that. Um, but then things kind of changed when I when I ended up because I wanted to do hands on stuff, my manual therapy, and and uh, and so when I got those that the skill set for that, it really changed my uh, caseload. Uh, completely it it changed it to the point where I was just purely doing chronic pain and it was it was fine but it got to the point where I was doing too much of it and so I thought I need I needed to dive into what I really loved which was baseball and I I really wanted to learn more about it and and really get into the um nitty-gritty of the details instead of just saying I'm good at understanding baseball stuff you know and just telling people I, I'm good at it. What made it
0: what what was your skill set that made you so uh depth uh, you know so good at treating chronic pain and that's why your your caseload kind of changed even though that's not quite what you sure. did. Just curious.
1: Sure well I, well I went through the NIA program uh with um Earl Petman and and he's absolutely amazing that guy know so much. And so, I mean, I really went uh, really into it. And so I ended up um, getting my manual certification through them and it, it was a long process and, and really it was a long road to kind of really understand all that stuff. And and so, I mean, I was able to treat um, things that maybe some of the other therapists in this large clinic I was in um, couldn't because of that. And so the work got out that I could do I had the little extra tools in my, my toolkit from that. And then on top of it, I got my dry needling thing. And which was brand new when I got in, in this area, it was like 2015. So obviously that can be very helpful for chronic pain too. Um, so that really altered my course and my caseload to the point where that's all I was doing. And I, I really needed that change, um, you know, cause I, I mean, I, I love the challenge of chronic pain. I really do. I think it's, it's fun to really dive into that, but to do it, um, with every patient and, and that's we had, I was part of a clinic that was like 20 therapists. And so, um, they had a hard time with somebody, they send them over to me. And so then I would have to work through that. And, and so a lot of, a lot of tough cases. And, and I, and I wanted to, I really wanted to go back to where I was really I had a passion for a lot, and which was um, the sports world. Um, and that was kind of an interesting process. I talked to my boss back then and they had a throwing specialist um, opening. So I, I took that. And obviously it was um, it, I mean, she did her best, but she wasn't she she only took one course and, and she based all this. Pitching assessment on just that one course, and um, you, it, pitching is so much more complex and, than just just doing a, a basic couple assessments. And I knew what I when I was diving into myself, I was listening to Glenn Flesic, who is like one of the top biomechanics. He's out of the Andrews Institute. Um, he's he's like one of the basically the best biomechanics um, assessor in in baseball you know he's basically with dr andrews who's basically the main guy for baseball orthopedically um so knowing knowing that it was it was i knew there were some things i needed to learn more so basically i really dove into it and i I took a bunch of courses with it um and and really kind of dove down into um really asking even the major league physical therapist i i was I really talked to a whole bunch of them and then uh, um, took some of the courses and, and things like that to kind of really understand what what is needed to really understand and I'm still obviously learning, so.
0: So what does the, what is the assessment process look like for someone who's going through it? What does it look like for you? Um, what are you looking at? Uh, all that kind of stuff. Can you share some details about that?
1: Sure, sure. So the, so basically, um, you know, when, when, when I, when I worked with somebody, um, I, I obviously really, well, I wanted to just have not just like, you know, me just kind of looking at them and kind of getting a good idea. I, I wanted physical attributes that, would, that were directly related that when found in research to kind of show you have this amount of percentage of you tearing your UCL. And having a Tommy John surgery or a slap tear in your shoulder, I wanted to make sure I really knew those those benchmarks. And so there is a lot of stuff in the literature. Um, you know, there's people like Kevin Wilk and Mike Reinold, and um, you know, different a whole bunch of other um, authors out there that really get into the nitty gritty of that. So basically. I took all that information from all those literature and, and I basically uh, put this huge, uh, compiled this whole list of things that put you at risk for an injury um, and, and then try to kind of gather that information for that person to kind of give them a heads up. Hey, you know, you, your lat's a little tight. You, that gives you that 2.5% chance of you injuring something. And and we needed we need to get you to stretch that, and it's a simple stretch that can help um, protect somebody that's, you know, got a lot of dreams, you know, that are 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 trying to get into something. And a lot of these kids are unfortunately are at these high level um, pitching places that they really get over-pitched a lot of times. And so to just even protect them a little bit will be a big deal. So,
0: so um, I guess what are the what are the. Biggest injuries when you're talking about injuries uh, primarily plaguing pitchers you know Tommy Johns is like the big buzzword the big keyword um, right. you know that's what you hear in the news you, especially when you have major league pitchers going out for a year and a half for Tommy John surgery um, like what's that that one like what I guess what is Tommy Johns for the layman's person and then uh, what are some of the other injuries that you're looking at normally
1: Okay. Yeah, the elbow is, uh, is the uh, there's the inside of your elbow, uh, there's a ligament, um, basically the UCL ligament, and it attaches to your humerus, to your ulna. So basically the inside part of your elbow. And when you lift your arm up into, there's different phases in your pitching. And the most vital portion of it where you get the most stress is when you're in the cocking stage is where you're bringing your arm up, pulling it back and, and you're putting pressure on that inside part of that elbow. And it's been shown that if you can throw over 90 miles per hour, you're, you're significantly at risk because they say the forces of that pitching motion exceeds what that tendon, that ligament can do. And so that that puts so much pressure on that ligament um, that if you do something funky with your pitching form, or you, or you do something, you're just tight in in certain parts of your shoulder, or you're weak in your shoulder blade, or scapula, you you're going to put a lot of pressure on that. So a lot of large amounts of problems occur in the cocking phase of of the of that, and then. At the shoulder, you wanted to know. It's it's usually a, uh, unfortunately, it's a, a slap lesion or or labral tear, um, and that's in that same phase. Um, when you when you're cocking your arm back, that you you're basically winding up that bicep tendon that's in that groove of your arm, your humerus bone, and puts pressure on that that labrum, and so if you're you're too late with your arm or you're too weak and you're overly using your arms instead of your legs then you tend to uh put a lot of pressure on that shoulder and the labrum and you tear the labrum and, and you get a slap tear and that's that's a 15 month uh, recovery same with the ucl the tommy johns that's a procedure that they kind of coined it as because it was the guy that first had it done uh so it's it, same thing with that ucl in the elbow that that takes 15 months mm-hmm. you know people think that's a you know that that one in particular, you can come back from it, and you can, but, uh, for somebody that's trying to get back into it, uh, trying to get a college scholarship or, or, or get drafted, that's, that's pretty hard to get back that time. So,
0: yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough rehab rehab window. Uh, especially when you think about how young baseball players get drafted right there. That's a 17, right. 18 year old draft, right?
1: Right. Yep. Yep.
0: So, um, you know, it, you had mentioned some of these like physical attributes that you kind of were mm-hmm. able to measure and, and show and you mentioned the lat tightness. What are some of the other attributes that you were looking for?
1: Um, so, uh, the you know, the, the shoulder itself, the, there's tons of information on the shoulder um, and of course it should be. Um, there was a lot of information about at first, the posterior capsule and how it's tight, and you look at the internal rotation of the shoulder. Um, but they kind of went away from that because they found, you know, naturally when you throw and you're you're a pitcher, you actually they you you change your the the the, the placement of the bone. You get like a, a retroversion of the bone, so it kind of rotates in, in a certain way. So basically, you change. You almost like changed the ability to be able to do more external rotation at the pitching shoulder and less internal rotation at the pitching shoulder. So basically it's it's like you're shifting the clock, I guess you could say, you're shifting it. And so what now they're doing is, is instead of looking at just at the internal rotation, they're looking at the total range of motion and they're looking and they're comparing it between your non throwing shoulder and your regular throwing shoulder. And, if you have a five degree difference of tightness, then then they say you can stretch the posterior capsule or, or things like that. So that's that's one thing. Another thing is is sometimes you if you have a little tightness in the external rotation by five degrees compared to the which you shouldn't, that that's that's really bad. And that's a high risk of injury too. Lat lat tightness is is only like like seven degrees and um so you know you get yourself laying down you check for shoulder flexion and you kind of uh, put pressure on the uh, you do that pelvic tilt to kind of just focus on the lat length and you'll see that mo- just that little difference can change it and and that's pretty important too because we usually use too much lat when we throw and and so that you know even the, some of the higher level pitchers will tear a lat because they' they overly use the lat Uh, because it's such a powerful muscle, but we, we usually have a muscle imbalance that occurs at the shoulder naturally. Um, So those are just a few things. Um, But, you know, with the research that, that, you know, there's a, there's, when I was looking through things, and I I ended up um, looking at a lot of things were focused on the shoulder, the shoulder blade, and things like that. But it was, there was a lot of things out there in biomechanical world that showed the reason people were getting injured was the the hip, the shoulder separation. And, and that's where it kind of shows that you're using your pelvis and your, and your core and your hips and legs, instead of throwing it all with your arm. And, and so the physical attributes that were out there, um, they were a little hodgepodgey and, and there, there was only a lot of data that was kind of trying to look at injury versus that. Um, so then I, some, it was a crazy fluky meeting. I, I, I was, um, I was looking, researching like, you know, biomechanics stuff with like Glenn Fleisick and other people from the Andrews university and like, well, shoot, there's gotta be somebody in, in Milwaukee that, does this stuff and so that's like well I, I gotta get I gotta see if there's anybody around here because I'd love to just like, shadow them or whatever you know and so uh, I came across uh, Dr. Janelle Cross who uh, works at the Medical College of Wisconsin and she um, basically works with the Milwaukee Brewers she goes to spring training she does the motion analysis type of thing where they put all the sensors on them And and kind of sees if there's any red flags and they can tell by them doing certain things and they can tell how many forces you're you're doing in your shoulder and your elbow and everything like that. So that and I thought, you know, if we could link some of the physical attributes of the lower extremity and and link it to the biomechanics where it shows the forces of that, it would be a really cool study. And so I I ended up ended up uh emailing her thinking that you know I'll usually get blown off by these people <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'm used to i was used to because i was you know i tried to email a whole bunch of people from all over the place and you know you get a, you know you get a blow off a lot of times but she emailed me back um and i and i and i just so happened in between pt school and and when i got my undergrad i, I worked at the local college and I said, Oh, I worked in the medical college, you know, I'd be really interested in, you know, meeting up with you. And, you know, I worked in a lab, you know, but she thought I worked in the biomechanical lab, which I did. And I worked on cancer research. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I, I was like, so I I got there and I I was, I, I said, Oh, hello, You you know, I'm interested in baseball research. I got, you know, this stuff. And she goes, well, well, do you are you able to put the sensors on people? I said, no, I've never done that before. And she goes, what? <laughs> she, <laughs> you know, I so I said, oh shoot. So, um, so I thought, oh, this is gonna go very poorly. But uh, <laughs> so then, I got talking to her, and she realized, you know, because I've I've been really, you know, digging into this stuff a lot. She realized, you know, I wasn't just like, you know, just kind of trying to you know get into her lab or something like that and she was just so happened she was getting frustrated she told me she was getting frustrated about uh not having enough subjects uh that are like adolescents and things like that and just so happened when I was getting my sports certification I needed hours and and I needed tons of hours with athletic trainers and and then just get I wanted to get learn more about the pitching mechanics so I wanted to go to to a place that really knew their stuff and they have pitching coaches. So I went to a facility called sticks and, and just so happened that they, they have teams from pretty much nine U to 18 U. So they have plenty of pitchers, unbelievable mm-hmm. amount. And they're, and they're high level pitchers that, you know, people would come from Oshkosh and, you know, Madison and, and go there to, to show their stuff, basically, you know, the kind of, you know, cause these are the guys that are, are, good enough that to get showcased and, you know, potentially get a scholarship or, you know, really good to get, maybe even get a drafted. Yep. Um, so, so, you know, she was interested in that. And so it just so happened. I luckily knew the the owner of the guy and he was, he was super nice about it. And and of course he, Sean Smith, but he's the sticks guy. He, he was willing to, to do this pitching research thing. And so, um so basically i i got i got those two together and i thought oh boy i got it i got to develop something really good you know it's kind of like i felt like i don't know if you ever watched Moneyball, where that big guy was oh. this the scout guy yep. and he was like he's like he had to go above and beyond type of things they try to so I, that's what i did i went above and beyond i went crazy i I, I went through everything I could find in the literature. Right? I, I went in and out and more. And I I, I literally had 100 citations of, of stuff. And, and just kind of like like I was telling you about, like, all the basic stuff that, that was out there. And so then, so I got into all that stuff. I looked through all that stuff. And then, um, but the, the lower extremity, like I said, was lacking and like I said, there was a lot of biomechanics stuff that showed that. So, um, so we ended up doing a research project over there, um, and we, we kind of did um, pretty much all their pictures from fourteen U to eighteen U, and uh, we did it luckily right before COVID started. So that that was in uh, that two thousand twenty in January before everything really you know didn't wasn't working out, um, and what was really cool was there's stuff that did show up that made sense. Um, and basically in that study, we were looking at hip range of motion with active range of motion. We were looking at hip strength with the dynamometer and we we're just looking at just some basic motions, you know, just the normal, you know, hip abduction, this person in it. And we compiled everything on, on each athlete. And then after that, I got all those measurements, they went and they, they, did their pitching analysis with that um, pitching biomechanics, you know, video. Mm -hmm. And they had all those 47 sensors. It was pretty cool to watch that. And they had the cameras everywhere. They had, uh, you know, it was really, it's just exciting just to see that. Unfortunately I was too busy doing measurements. I couldn't really like (laughs) sit back and watch the the process because it looked pretty cool. But I was like, I I literally was sweating after I got done. It was like, (laughs) And it was of course during the Packer game when we were losing pretty against the San Francisco 49ers. So, so it was good I didn't see that one. But that's right. Yeah. So um, so so we we went in and of course you, you look at when you look at that, um, you know, you can't it's a it's more of a um, relationship, it's a correlation type of thing. So it's not like saying this does this. But it does kind of give you it does give you clues and it kind of the numbers that I was looking at um, gave me some ideas like, yeah, this, this stuff really does um, measurements here could help really kind of make sure that you're doing the right thing with your pitching mechanics. And the big thing was, is do you have the, the hip, the, the shoulder separation, which is pretty vital for someone not to get injured. I mean, it just shows so many forces at the elbow The inside part of your elbow, the UCL, if you're not doing the proper, if you're just throwing your arm out forward more and you're not keeping yourself closed and, and you're, you're not twisting underneath your pelvis and, and to do that, you need to have the flexibility in your, in your hips and you need to have the strength in your hips to do it. And what was cool is the research showed that they needed that. And, um, Um, one of the things was, was, uh, hip, uh, external rotation. So, so when you look at the pitching mechanics, the, the, the key is, is, is there's different stages that we always look at. The first part is, of course you wind up, you bring your knee up, right. Mm -hmm. And then you, as you come forward, you bring that foot, front foot forward, you put it down and that's called foot flat or, and that's, that's where uh, some that's like kind of like a big stage that we look at in the pitching motion. And that's where we, we can see a lot of younger pitchers will always come early and they start twisting their torso too much forward and they start rotating their shoulders forward towards home plate and they should be keeping themselves closed while letting the lower half kind of rotate underneath them. And that hit that um, range of motion measurement show that, yes, it, it you know, it's important to have that, hip ro- external rotation and internal rotation motion to have that proper flexibility because the ones that didn't have that flexibility didn't do that pelvic rotation right they didn't have the they they open up too early and with their torso and and open up and face the home plate without and they use too much forces on their pitching arm so it was it's a it was a Nice thing to kind of see, you know. Hey, you really need to be looking at that hip internal rotation and external rotation, to to make sure that they're there. And then the other thing is, is hip extension is a big deal, obviously, because when you when you you naturally, you know, you you see a pitcher, their their shoulders are obviously facing home plate at first, right? Mm -hmm. And as as they they start to come, a lot of people think it's abduction you know, because it's in the coronal plane, but they found that the the back leg needs hip extension because when you, when you, right, when you put that foot down, that back leg rotates, uh, into internal rotation, and then it turns into the sagittal plane a, a little bit. And so that, that hip extension is, was found to be very vital for having proper stride length. And that stride length has been found to have increased velocity. It's in good be good for it. pitching mechanics and helps open up that pelvis to be able to move right underneath. If you're too tight down there, you're not gonna move down there too well. So
0: so like listening to all that information and like uh just as like being like the layman's or sure you know sure, being that sure. being a uh not a clinician right you're you're the cl- sure. you're the clinician so when you're seeing some of these pitchers, so just say, so would you say that the majority of pitchers that you see, like are they coming to you relatively healthy, like injury-free for the most part? Um, then you're doing the pitching assessment, and then you're saying like you could correct this, and it would A, help your pitching form, but B, it would also yeah. uh, prevent injury for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I do the whole the whole thing. I, I usually slow it down. I It's hard to see it with the naked eye perfectly. Mm -hmm. um but but when you slow it down you can really see if hey their their foot is landing here but then they're really opening up their shoulders that that is bad and so you got to fix that so the lot i i've been really lucky um besides my you know my physical therapy you know that i i use it on I, i i help out my son's team um it's a a a traveling team through like burlington and and i've been able to help out with a lot of kids with their pitching mechanics and it's it is kind of fun to kind of kind of break them down i mean my son's only he's only eight and so um to get kids from the ground level to understand some real basic things that can help them later on when they get bigger um it can really help because you know a lot of times they have no no idea how to how to do those things, you know? How to incorporate their legs, how to bring bring their core in. They're they're so used to throwing just with their arm, and especially when they're first learning how to pitch, you're you're all over the place. So it's kind of a fun fun deal, sure, to do that.
0: And so when like so say you have someone that's lacking in in hip mobility or range of motion, um, mm-hmm. when you're trying to like attack that situation, is it mostly retraining the biomechanics of their throwing motion and their technique or is it more like uh attacking it from the standpoint of you need to strengthen and stretch that muscle
1: it's both it really is i mean it i mean because it is um when you really look at if you look you 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 slow down like some of the major league pitchers i mean it's an art i mean just to have it just the power coming from their legs and how much they can stride and 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 do all that stuff um a lot of kids you know at that eight nine level i mean they're just developing they they don't have that hip strength they don't have the core strength half of them so giving them some real basic things i you don't have to get like too nitty-gritty at that level yeah but just to kind of give them like hey you know you know i I noticed you're you're you could do this stretch a real simple stretch to kind of help with this kind of you know rotation thing a lot of times it's a lot of core stuff because their mm-hmm. core is so weak they they're i mean they you can just see it while they're even walking you know and they don't and they're growing and so just doing some real basic things uh with them it, a lot of weakness in their serratus i i you know but all kids will have a little bit of that you know so so just just some really i, I give them like really i'm not in hardcore sure. into like core strength or and stuff like that And i make it fun for them you know to, but but as for like as for the higher level kids that are like more in that 14 range that are tar- starting to get a little bit more serious then I then that's where i, I went to the high school teams and 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 i went and that kind of broke down the, hey you you got this specifically let's do this stretch you need this you're gonna get in trouble you need this strength here at this hip. You're you're really weak there. Yeah, you know, and it, and it could be like they're injured and they didn't realize that that affected them later on. Sure. And so that how that just kind of blows up their their everything with their sports performance and anything. So.
0: Do you see then a lot of pitchers with injuries, I guess, is, is my next question. And
1: has all of this, I mean, obviously
0: your manual certifications and your orthopedic work through your PT continuing education, um, and that kind of clinical experience is obviously going to help you, but anything that you've done with the research that lends itself to helping you rehab any kind of pitchers that have already run into a, an injury.
1: You know, I, and I, and what I've been seeing is, is, um, pitching is so one dimensional one way, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not going the other way. And so there's a big issue from what I've seen is, is, you know, all of a sudden, like, I I see like a lot of like asymmetries with their strength and their hips and their asymmetries of how their lumbar spine moves. And um, the big one too, is the thoracolumbar region. What I've learned in, um, the naive system is it does a lot of rotation. And of course, rotation is huge for, for pitching. And uh, there's some, a lot of tightness there. I mean, I'll see that. And I, I in fact, I just worked on somebody that was um, from sticks. He was 18 years old and he had back pain and he, he literally had a, a, a SI joint problem, you know, at a young age like that. And, and it makes sense because you're, you're, you're pulling your pelvis in a, in a goofy position you're rotating it, and then you're you're putting a lot of pressure on that front foot, and then the back foot's dragging behind, and and so you're really twisting it and, and putting a lot of pressure on that SI joint. I I really would love to really look at the SI joint with pitchers. I I think there's something to that because just the, just the motion, and it's so one dimensional, and and especially with SI joints, is you you have a muscle imbalance that's really pulls you out of out of the way there. And and so if you're just doing something, just going to that one side and not going to the other side, I, I would have to say there's probably a lot more than we, we really know that have that. And so that'd be one thing I'd love to look into a little bit more um, and get into more of the nitty gritty of the spine. I think that gets, I think it gets blown off a little bit um, because it's it's really hard to really see but i'd like to you know do some research and, and and focus on that and then you know maybe even when i when i'm rehabbing them more i'm going to be doing more of that more and not pulling that off as much so. and right
0: if i'm if i'm remembering properly like the SI joint extremely small range of motion um, with that joint but it does move and so that's, that's kind different. of where the issue comes from and why maybe it's not looked at as much as some of the other joints that have a lot more range of motion is just because it doesn't, you don't think of the SI joint moving particularly, even though, you know, you're a physical therapist, you know it does. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Oh yeah. And
1: it does. It, it, it absolutely does. It's, it's, um, you can do a lot of special tests with it. Um, you know, some of the tests that I've learned in the NIAP system, it's kind of like a modification of what you learn in school and um but you really do see the nitty-gritty of like you know this you know this right hips this right SI joints uh, doing the lack of posterior rotation here or anterior rotation the other you know so so there's a lot of you, you see and then the problem is is you get you know each leg has a different um you know thing that it needs you know so like the 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 front leg needs a lot of glute strength and if you look at the force plate studies there's tons of pressure on that front leg and that glute max is just just super hyperactive they do the emg studies and they see all that force ground reaction forces and it's 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 basically the anchor for that and the and the trailing leg doesn't have as much of that pressure on that on that and so when you have a, a big muscle like the glute max pulling on it on that SI joint. And, and you, I always think of it as like a tug of war between the hip flexor and the glute max, you know, you, you got that those forces and, uh, you know, eventually after doing it for years and years, it's going to shift something a little bit. So,
0: and so like, uh, you just to kind of bring it back around a little bit, you had talked a little bit earlier about the, um, You know, these big pitching clinics that everybody puts on these, uh, you know, everyone's playing baseball year round and a lot of those pitchers getting over pitched Um, for a lot of these like baseball academies and pitching programs that you see out there. I guess if you could make a couple significant changes to maybe some of the training that they were doing, I guess, where are the areas that you would really like to see improved with those considering how much stress are putting on these young athletes?
1: I I think the big thing is, is I I think they got to make it like they're a major league baseball team. And they, what they do is they do a spring training assessment and they do what kind of what I I compiled, you know, you know, I have a different variation of things because of my training, but they, they all have a kind of like a physical, they all Mm -hmm. do. And they, and they all look into those red flags that, you know, that are out there in the research and I think the biggest thing is is having those assessments done to those kids, because unfortunately, you know they they they're in tournaments and those tournaments put a you only have probably like five or six good pitchers. Probably you got to two really good gold two pitchers.
0: Yeah.
1: And unfortunately, they play like five games in the weekend. Well, you're if you have a, you know. You, you start winning and, and you're in the championship game and you, you pitched your guys over the pitch limit. I think a lot, I hate to say it, I've seen it. Even they'd eat you with my, my son. I've seen pitchers get overly pitched. And so, so the big thing would be is I think if they could at least do that instead of just, you know, cause they're already getting over pitched, you know, because they want to win and they want to show their program. We won all these big tournaments. But I, I think if, the biggest thing is at least some of them start to kind of look into preventative measures of focusing on the physical attributes. There's actually like even measurements, like you can check to see if you should pitch at all for the next week or so, because, you know, your supraspinatus strength is, is is significantly reduced. And then that kind of puts, you know, then you kind of, it's like a red flag, like don't pitch, you know, and they and they don't have that, that place in there like the major league levels do. Uh, because obviously, you know, they don't have to worry about it, where the major league people are like, Well, if I lose this pitcher, that costs me ten million dollars, yeah, you know. Exactly. So
0: Yeah, they so we're not gonna significant we're not, dollar
1: amounts yeah. attached yeah, to those yeah, decisions. Right. right. And unfortunately, you know, these kids that you know, they're they they wanna, they wanna impress. They wanna do well and they want they they wanna impress their um, you know, everybody. And so they're going to be willing to get in there. Right. And they don't know that they're putting themselves at risk a little bit. So I think if anything, you know, obviously it's hard to change the culture because that's, you know, that's what it is right now these days. Yep. Um, But, but if, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get into some of those baseball facilities.
0: So would you recommend like, like two major assessments per year? And then, you know, there, you said, you mentioned some smaller tests that, maybe they could yeah, start running I, uh, like on a, you know, monthly or weekly basis?
1: I, yeah, I, I think that, I think that would be the, some basic benchmarks. I mean, there's some, yeah, just a major assessment, you know, that probably takes an hour, okay. but I mean, an hour, you know, of, of just doing that. And then there's basically, there's like three or four things that kind of show up like on the literature to kind of say, Hey, this is, this is getting weak. Oh, you better shut this person down you know, the shoulder or this elbow is starting to get uh, affected here with this test. And we better, we better kind of be careful with him. Um, so I think there's a, I think there's a lot of that, um, that needs to be in there. And
0: Well, it sounds like you are definitely, uh, trying your best to contribute in a good way to the baseball community. Um, and so we wish you continued luck in there and hopefully at freedom, you can, uh, continue to expand your work there um and and offer more pitching assessments to like we said it's it's great if if patients come to see you because they're injured you know you'll get them better but uh, on the other hand it's also nice if they never get injured in the first place and uh that's exactly that's that's worth a ton of um you know that's that's worth a lot uh just in itself right there so um, I, i guess what i would say to anybody that's listening uh you know If you have any questions, even if you, you know, you have a son or daughter that pitches um, or if you pitch yourself or, you know, if you coach or uh, part of one of these training facilities that, um, you know, if you're worried about your pitcher's health, even though they're not uh, injured at the time that maybe you find a physical therapist or contact Wes uh, to get more information about how you can uh, install some of these assessments and learn more about uh, protecting young pitchers, especially you know those that are teenagers with maybe big aspirations, like you said, to to get drafted or go to college and play ball. Mm-hmm. So, all Absolutely. right, Wes, is it, did Perfect. I did I leave anything out, or did we no, I cover think a lot? That
1: was great. No, we covered a lot. I appreciate it so much, Brady. Perfect.
0: Great. All right, thanks for coming on, Wes.
1: Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Freedom Physical Therapy Services, providing one-on-one comprehensive physical and occupational therapy services, including women's health, chronic pain treatment, TMJ, and more. With four locations in Fox Point, Grafton, Brookfield, and Mcguanago, Wisconsin. More information at freedompt.com.